the Blissful Witchcast. A sacred place where we talk spells, rituals, love, pleasures and magic. A place of sharing from the life of an Australian witch while raising my young witchlings and experiencing my own journey of green and kitchen witchery. Let's embark on this witch quest together to living a more happy and soulful life with your host, me, Sinead. Well, hello and welcome, witches. This podcast has been a thought of mine for a long time coming and I'm excited and nervous to release my content and life with you all. Uh, In today's session we'll be diving into the winter solstice and this season sabbat for the southern hemisphere but firstly i'd like to share a little about myself and how i got to this place in my life i am nearly 32 years young living in new south wales australia with my family of two witchlings and my husband in our country home I have always been in some way involved in the witchy ways. As a young child, I remember picking herbs from my grandparents' garden and smelling the scent on my fingers. I'd make little potions and get my pop to taste them. (laughs) Uh, He was a brave man. Uh, Not that he really had much of a choice. Uh, in my early teens, I'd watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch, The Craft, Bewitched, and of course, Charmed. Uh, these imprinted on me and brought something out with that felt so natural to me. Growing up, I bought my first set of tarot cards, not really understanding, but respecting their energy. I'd read them and study their pictures and different symbols. and. Yeah, it was something about them that at the time I think felt a little taboo and my family and my mum in particular didn't really understand it either. So it was something that felt intriguing, a little dark and mystique, but I wanted more. So fast forward a few years, I also loved to cook and felt like that brought out something else in me as well. Um, I wasn't allowed in the kitchen much, but whether it be outside in the gardens cooking, you know, some mud cakes and so on, um, it just felt, once again, it felt so true to me. So I also felt like the odd one out. And I mean, who hasn't felt like that in their life? But School and my peers didn't always see eye to eye with me. I finished year 10 and fell into full-time study and work with natural beauty therapies, learning how to look after myself inside and out with various oils and skincare and remedies made me want to share this with everyone. In these days, I realized I loved to help others feel good about themselves and Talking with my clients felt good for me also. By this age, I was 18. I had already been with my now husband uh, for four years and at the age of 21, we welcomed our first witchling, Mia. She was our world and she loved all the sweet offerings that Mother Nature provides. 
beautiful beach walks, swimming in the freshwater creeks, picking flowers to bring home and life itself. But I also knew that with motherhood it brought its challenges of kids coming home with little illnesses and earaches, being unsettled, tummy bugs, and just trying to get them to sleep. So it then opened my world up into essential oils once again and plant medicine. During my early days of motherhood, I, like many, felt, you know, I started to lose myself, so to speak. Uh, my days were a blur, and although I adored my family, life was challenging in many ways, and emotionally, I wasn't coping. It was at this point I started yoga. This was odd to start with, slowing down, breathing, being mindful and in the moment, opposed to being a boss mom and an entrepreneur and always looking forward always trying to hit those milestones and, you know, I suppose in many days wishing them to hurry up, especially when you're sleep deprived and you're just wanting to move forward. Um, by the age of 26, we welcomed our son, Lyric, um, and at that point I signed up to become a yoga coach and run sessions at our family gym. I have to give credit to my best friend uh, for this push. <laughs> she was the one who said, you know, you should be a yoga coach. And I actually laughed. I thought, yeah, right, because I'm quite the stress head. Um, I am an empath and an emotional projector, meaning I take a lot of everyone's shit on and claim it as my own and wonder why I feel so drained all the time. Well, at least not so much these days. After completing my certificate and coaching, it reopened my windows and doors to the spiritual life and all the natural remedies and ways of living I had put on hold. I became certified in Reiki and started holding sacred moon events for men and women of our community with my dear friend. Our gym moved location and I was then able to have my own treatment room where I could take on my own clients and take them down their own wild and wondrous journeys to places they needed to go on the inside and multi-dimension. This fed my soul and still continues to do so, helping like-minded people on the daily, taking all things magic and love and life into action and helping them plan things out. The things that were holding them back and the direction they seeked to be going in, it was during these moments that I found my calling. Between being a mum raising my witchlings with my husband of now 17 years, yes, very long time, more than half our life, um, an entrepreneur, running multiple health and lifestyle businesses, a coach and mentor to my community, running sacred events and services, keeping up with life itself and other big life goals, I'd say life's pretty bloody great. And so that sums up my life rather quickly. There's a lot more where that came from, but we'll get to that another day. 
I wanted to share my story. So hopefully you understand I am just as human as you going through the ebbs and flows of life day to day, bump and grind, and just trying to be a better bloody human. Now I do swear a lot. And for those who know me, know this. (laughs) I'd say I apologize, but to be honest, I'm not here for that. I'm here, however, to be authentic and raw. I'm here to help you on your wild and wacky life adventures by showing up here. I'm here to help guide your self-care and self-love journey, just discovering what I too have discovered and and yet to embark on. So with that said, welcome, dear witches. It's very nice to meet you. So it's June here in Australia and it's bloody cold. This is my season of birth. So, oh, you know, I am a Cancerian and winter just doesn't necessarily agree with me. Um, it's one of those things, isn't it? You love it. It's like a love-hate relationship. I mean, all the seasons have their their need and I love them all in their own ways. But winter and me just, yeah, it's not even the cold. It's just what it does to my body and my skin and just all the things that I have to remember to um, keep putting into action. Um, but we'll get onto that again later as well. So, um, during these wintry days, um, we chase the sun as much as we can and keep as hydrated as we can. (laughs) And in Australia, it doesn't snow. Well, it does in some places, excuse me, but it's, where I live, it, it doesn't. So it gets pretty bloody cold. Um, I'd love a fireplace inside my house, but we aren't fortunate to have one of those. So just a little gas heater for now does the trick. So as it's June, um, the winter solstice is coming up. Um, and that's what I wanted to focus more so on for this podcast today. So the winter solstice is the day of the year that has the least amount of daylight hours and the longest night of any of the year. It usually occurs around the 21st of June. From solstice, the days in Australia and the rest of the southern hemisphere will continue to get longer as the earth continues to orbit the sun. And getting closer to the sun each day until it reaches the December solstice in summer. The solstice has been observed for thousands of years as long as people have marked time by the skies and it's a wonderful time of year to retreat inwards and reflect on the wonders of nature. It marks the return of the sun's warmth and light and the promise once again of a productive earth. Many traditional cultures used winter as a time to slow down and reconnect with the natural world. It's a great time to gather friends together for a hearty warming meal to recognise and feel a part of this ancient tradition. Pagans are known to celebrate these aspects with candles and fires, greenery and feasting. 
at this time Yule logs are burned. And the Yule log must traditionally be the root of a hardwood tree. And in Australia, Mallee roots are ideal for this purpose, as are Tasmanian oaks and all other types of eucalyptus. Now, just heads up, my pronunciation can be pretty shocking, um, as well as any notes that I write down, I can often get my words scrambled. Um, so I will ask a little forgiveness in those moments. Um, so back on track, the Yule log is burned down until nothing but a small piece remains, which is saved and kept to be used as a lighter for the following year's Yule fire. A Yule tree is placed within the traditional Wiccan home or pagan homes with a pentagram, a five-pointed star at the top, symbolising the five elements. Now, I'm not sure about you, but looking through most books and even most websites and other podcasts, there is so much talk with the Sabbaths and the seasons that everything's mainly in the Northern Hemisphere. So it can get a little confusing trying to figure out, you know, is that our particular moon here in, in Australia and in the Southern Hemisphere? Is is this our particular tradition that should be happening during this season? So I've done my research and continue to do so. I'm always, always learning and I urge you to do the same from different places that I find information I just kind of go off of what feels right for me and where I'm sitting with it so when I talk with the Yule log traditionally this would be a time in the northern hemisphere around Christmas so keep this in mind it might not feel quite right to you to call it a Yule log you may wish to call it more of a winter solstice log um Whatever feels right for you. Um, but like I said, I'm just going off of the research that I find sits best with me and, yeah, what makes most sense. So a few traditions you might like to take on with your families around winter solstice are a tea or a cacao ceremony. The ceremony of making a herbal tea can be very calming and mindful practice. You may like to do this alone or invite family and friends to participate in a quiet, comfortable setting without noise or electronic distractions. Choosing your selected herbal mixture into a cup, enclose the cup with a saucer and let the herbs steep. As you sit and you as you sit with your cup in hand, take a moment to give thanks and gratitude to the divine Mother Nature and all she does for us all the nourishment and life she offers. You may like to do this around a fire and make an offering to the flames, such as a dried leaf with a written word of gratitude and then throwing it into the flames and trusting in the process. Secondly, a walk in nature. So take time during this particular day to make a conscious effort to notice the trees growing in your surrounding areas. We are living on sacred land that is being guarded for thousands of years by Aboriginal Australians. So as you walk by, saying in a hello to the trees and gardens, a whisper of thankfulness for the beautiful fresh air they provide 
an embracing hug to an elder tree who has seen and heard so much wisdom, and perhaps a humble picnic, leaving nothing behind but footsteps and memories. Three, a nourishing meal with loved ones. In the ancient times, winter was the time of famine. Nature was asleep and food supplies were short. With food abundance throughout the years, we don't have this problem in Australia so much. Preparing a nourishing meal for your loved ones, ones who are still with you, and an offering plate for those who have passed. Ask family and friends to do the same and bring a shared plate. Maybe lessen the load on yourself a little. Try using foods which are seasonal and local to your area. Give thanks before you dig in and pass the plate around. This involves everyone in the giving and receiving. So some foods you might like to share could be soups or stocks. You might like to, you know, think about casseroles and warming meals that are nourishing and fill the belly in a good way. Maybe make a nice loaf of bread or damper and sit around by the fire. It's um, a beautiful thing to be a part of. And fourth, traditions can be made at any time of the year, generation after generation. You are the creator in any given moment. You could find a story or a book which feels right for you and your family circle to share insight and excitement with the ones you hold dear. A glass of wine, fire and snuggly blankets. A good story is one we all appreciate and remember. So this year my family and I will be attending a local festive uh, for the winter solstice, a beautiful fire and a feast, reminding my children that these days are cold and frosty but these days are also filled with the warmest of hugs and cups of tea and cacao. I hope you have a wonderful winter solstice and would love you to share your traditions new or old either through my socials or email which I'll put in the show notes. Now this is quite short and sweet for my first interaction on here i hope i've done it justice i'll be back again soon i haven't quite figured out how often i'll be jumping on here i'm just going to go with the ebbs and throws flows of life and get over my nerves as well so i'd ever be so grateful for you to follow my journey and share with those you think would love to listen I'll be back again soon and look forward to many more offerings. Love and light, bitches. Mm-hmm.